Welcome to Ride to Success. Today you have an exciting guest, Ashley Molman Passu, an elite professional cyclist and entrepreneur. She's challenging the status quo in women cycling and she delves into her inspirations, a drive, and the work that she's doing to change women cycling. Before we get into the podcast, remember to subscribe to Ride to Success wherever you listen to and leave us a review. It helps us immensely to grow the podcast. Back to the show. Welcome, Ashley. Uh, thanks for coming to Ride to Success podcast. Uh, it's a privilege to have you here and uh, let's hope to give uh, people listening an insight into the life of uh, an athlete, but most importantly, a serious entrepreneur, uh, which is quite amazing the, through the research I've done, uh, all the businesses that you have and the, the, the charities that you have been involved with. Um, it's quite remarkable. So Thanks, I babe. wanted to start. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wanted to start um, with a with a question because I think it's quite relevant because um, you have you have to combine professional being a high well elite professional athlete athlete completing at the highest level of the sport uh, in cycling and uh, but also managing uh, a serious business. Um, so my question is, how do you get up every day um, like to ride your bike? And still maintain, like, keep the the inspiration to to do it day after day, whilst man, man, managing kind of a a busy a busy life as a athlete and a entrepreneur. Well, I mean, I think um, that the sort of philosophy: the more you do, the more you want to do, uh, definitely resonates very well with me. So, um, yeah, I really thrive on on being busy on. Um, yeah, having a positive impact um, on uh, the people around me. Um, and that's really what motivates me. Everything that I do, I do, um, you know, with passion and in particular uh, to have, have a good influence or a good impact on the people in my surroundings. Um, and so that's really what uh, motivates me on a day-to-day basis. I mean, yeah, it's also true that I come from a, um, yeah, yeah, a very... Um, yeah, demanding background in that, you know, I've always um, been one, you know, to to work hard. I, I performed well academically and um, in the sporting arena at school. So already at school, I, I started to develop um, the capacity or the um, dedication or commitment or, um, yeah, what's what's the word? Um, oh, I can't think of it now. The, the discipline. <laughs> um, the discipline, to, yeah. To do a lot of different things and, and to do it well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also have to say that everything that I do, I would never be able to do without um, having the right people around me and um, a, a great team. So uh, that implies to both my cycling in, in the form of, of my pro cycling trade team, AG Insurance Sudal, um, but then also to um, the team of people that um, work for me on a day-to-day basis at Rock Corp Cycling and, of course, my husband, um, who is really the one who's keeping the fort uh, together and uh, running things um, on a day-to-day basis at Rock Corp Cycling so that I can focus on on many different things. So, I mean, um, just to clarify, obviously, uh, professional cycling is my um, it's my my first um, commitment. You know, it's something. It's my my first job. You know, so it's the thing that always takes uh, priority. Um, and then, um, when it comes to Rock Corp Cycling, Rock Corp Collective, and the Culture Cycling Academy, again, you know, I really have a great team around me. Um, and of course, I'm a leader um, in these businesses, but um, a lot of the time, you know, the day-to-day happens um, whether I'm there or not. Um, and it's more, uh, my involvement is more in a, a strategic slash uh, leadership position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, as I said, it's it's the passion, um, it's the people around me, and it's being able to have a positive impact on others um, that inspires me every day to get up and, and to get about my, my daily routines and to get everything done. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, okay, we will we'll go. We'll try and to go delve deep in, into each um, business you mentioned. In, um, but I want to just to take a step back because you mentioned about um, earlier uh, in your answer the kind of the discipline and the background you had kind of instilled that philosophy in you. So I wanted to take you slightly 
back to your beginnings. Um, and obviously, you are a professional cyclist. Um, can you can you share a bit? Uh, let's give us a bit of an introduction to like how did you get into professional cycling um, and. Yeah, just how did you get into professional cycling? Because you have obviously you you mentioned that you had a, an we're very well very good academically. Uh, you 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 have an engineering degree. Uh, so how was that transition into professional cycling, and where did the love for cycling came from? Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, um, growing up at, at school, I performed very well academically, but um, also really loved sport. However, I never really found um, the sport that I truly excelled in um, at a school level. So, you know, I played uh, field hockey and some athletics and tennis, but um, cycling wasn't really a school sport uh, during um, the time um, that, that I was at school in South Africa. It's now changed quite a lot. Um, but at the time, it was it was more a recreational thing. So growing up, I, I did uh, ride. I obviously learned to ride my bike as, as a young child. I'd play on the street with friends uh, when I was young, you know, riding around on our bikes. And um, we also have an event in South Africa called the Cape Town Cycle Tour, which is one of the biggest yeah. participation events um, in the world. And so as a teenager, um, you know, in, in the last three years of, of my school career, I did the Cape Town Cycle Tour, but it was more, um, you know, bucket list thing. It was a challenge um, to, to overcome, you know, to just start and to finish and then maybe to start looking at setting um, a better time. But I, I was far from, you know, racing professionally. That wasn't even on my radar, uh, to be totally honest. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, towards the end of, of um, my school career in my final year at school, actually, I suppose it's important to mention because it did sort of shape uh, the person that I am today and, and my motivation is that, um, you know, I, I also used to ride horses um, recreationally. I grew up, um, you know, with the, our family farm was not far away from where I lived. So we would go there quite regularly. Um, and so horse riding was just something I enjoyed doing. Um, I, I really like animals and I connect well uh, with animals. Um, but I had a really bad horse riding accident um, where, you know, I just went for a casual Sunday ride with um, with some family, but I wasn't wearing a hard hat and, you know, some things went wrong and the horse got a fright. And um, yeah, long story short, I, I came off and I, I hit my head on, on a concrete block. So um, it was a really bad injury. And um, I, yeah, I was um, I was completely knocked out and in a coma for for 10 days I'm in hospital. And the doctor said oh. I, I would be brain damaged. Um, and that I, I would never finish school. And this comes from, you know, a student which was top of the class, you know, get, getting seven. Oh yeah. um, and so I suppose that was quite a life changing, uh, you know, you know, point in in my life, uh, because I suppose that's how, you know, the person I am today, that's kind of a, a very good testament of, of who I am, you know during the recovery process, I've, I very quickly realized that something was wrong because, you know, the way people were, you know, looking at me when I answered a question, you know, I was obviously repeating myself, you know, I wasn't making a lot of sense, but something inside of me, uh, you know, noticed that something wasn't wrong. Um, and then, you know, I became very motivated uh, to, to, to make a full recovery and to prove the doctors wrong. You know, if I was once an A-grade student, I, I wanted to finish school and I wanted to finish school of um, with seven distinctions. So that just shows like the, the sort of mm. person that I am. That's just, I'm a fighter, you know, I, I don't give up easily and I um, I don't run from a challenge. And um, yeah, I mean, it was quite a miracle in, in the space of, let's say, six weeks to two months, I managed to make a, a full recovery um, and to finish school with seven distinctions. <laughs> so um, wow. I achieved I achieved that big goal. And it was during this process that I really, you know, I, I really, I am, um, I'm a Christian, um, I, I believe, and I believe that this was a miracle. And I believe that I was, you know, saved for a reason, you know, and uh, the reason why I'm still here today um, is because I have a purpose to play um, in, in this world. And I suppose that's where the fire inside of me sort of came about, you know, I took actually a gap year after school because I, you know, I'd worked so hard to make this full recovery and to finish uh, my school career uh, with the marks that, that I um, had been achieving. And so I took a gap year before going on to study um, 
at Stellenbosch University, um, chemical engineering. And I just, I traveled in Europe. I, I worked a bit uh, casual work at a school in the UK. Um, and yeah, I learned just to, to really enjoy life. But at this stage, I also still had no idea that, that I would be a, a professional um, cyclist. So it was really at university that I discovered my talent uh, for cycling and, and I found a passion for it. And that was through uh, my husband. So we met at university. He yes. was also studying engineering. Um, he came from, uh, so quite different from me, he came from a uh, childhood or upbringing where he really excelled um, as, a, as an athlete and didn't excel so well academically. But, you know, it wasn't that he didn't have um, the potential to, to do well academically. It's just where his focus lay. Um, and so it was actually quite an interesting story. I mean, we met at university. It was our first uh, test week. And um, he... he you know, we were in the maths class getting our maths papers back and it just turned out that, you know, I got the highest mark in the class and he got the lowest class in the mark and uh, mark in the class. And um, yeah, he he was really, you know, um, very distraught and he thought, you know, it's time to quit um, uh, studying engineering. But I, I he he dropped, you know, his stuff and he just ran because he, he was just really in so much shock. But I went to go find him and that's kind of where it all started because I, I noticed his right. really fancy um, bike in the background. And I said to him, well, if you teach me how to ride a bicycle, I'll teach you how to apply yourself um, at university. And so that's how the exchange kind of happened. You know, he um, started to work on, on my cycling talent, uh, which he immediately noticed. So, um, yeah, I mean, mm. I, I have to tell the whole, whole story. It's quite a long story. But on our first sort of holiday yeah. together, I went back to his hometown and we just rode bikes casually for fun and we went up a really steep hill and he um, immediately noticed you know my power to weight uh, ratio so that's where it kind of all started we made this exchange that he would help me develop my cycling talent and that I would help him to um, learn how to apply himself at university and it was a great uh, partnership you know um, through yeah. the course of our engineering uh, degrees um, and our time at university I very quickly um, grew um, in my ability on the bike. So, you know, from joining him for training rides, joining the university club um, and, you know, twice a week going and doing intervals with a whole lot of guys and then, you know, doing university championships and winning that, you know, I very quickly, um, you know, improved as a cyclist. through the, the ranks. Yeah, mm. and at the same time, he uh, he really improved um, in terms of learning how to study correctly, and so it was a really great exchange. And by the end of excellent our, bargain, yeah, by the end of our university degrees, um, yeah, I was uh, the best cyclist in South Africa, and yeah, he um, he did the engineering, his civil engineering, and yeah, I completed the chemical engineering degree, and yeah, it was literally as we finished um, our our studies that we decided to take the big leap mm -hmm. of faith to come to Europe um, and to try and make uh, a success of a professional cycling career. Yeah, well, that that, that is quite an amazing story. Uh, it's quite remarkable and it really shines the kind of the fire inside you uh, to want to like be better every day and use that power, use that motivation as well to to give back to others and inspire others and empower others to achieve the same things. So that, yeah, that's quite, it does explain a lot. Um, as we're going to delve more into the, the businesses you've started, I think it explains a lot, the entrepreneurial spirit that you have, uh, but also the, your charitable work. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of, uh, kind of leads us me very nicely into so you you mentioned you moved to europe um and you obviously have been racing uh professionally but that's not my focus here i'm more interested in the business aspect mm -hmm. um you started uh with the with your husband uh roca corva cycling um and for anyone that doesn't know what it is it's uh, an amazing uh, space uh near girona or quite close to Girona that uh, offers cycling holidays or the pro experience for people that want to have a, a cycling holiday. Um, and it kind of, well, it is, it's a kind of a whole package, if you will, uh, for mm -hmm. people wanting to explore a different part of Europe, but also to enjoy uh, great food, uh, great experiences on a, on a bike, 
and off the bike. Mm-hmm. So can you, can you, um, so obviously this, you, uh, you've moved to Europe, you, uh, you're living uh, near Girona, you started Rocco Corba Cycling. Um, can you tell us, tell us a little bit about the inspiration of, you know, how did Rocco Corba Cycling uh, came about and kind of, and if uh, your past experiences, your formative years um, helped you to come to this uh, decision of starting Rocco Corba Cycling or was it something that you saw potential, you saw a, a gap in the market uh, and you decided to let's, let's do it? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I only really, you know, started Rocco Corba Cycling, um, you know, after some years of, of being a professional cyclist. Um, so it's sort of yeah. it's now been going since um, 2018. Um, so at that stage, I had um, established myself um, as as quite a successful pro cyclist. But, I mean, the whole, um, you know, inspiration for starting it was really that, um, you know, although I left my... Um, my academics behind you know I, I left I finished my my engineering degree I never neither Carl nor I um, ever worked as as engineers as such we made mm-hmm. you know immediately the move to Europe uh, to pursue professional sport but it was very much a part of my DNA you know um, studying engineering the problem solving mindset the analytical mindset or strategic mindset was very much uh, part of, of who I am and in the early years of um, my pro cycling career it was quite frustrating because um you know i i really needed to um to use that very big part of who i am you know my thinking capacity you know my problem solving capacity and unfortunately you know the two don't always go so well together you know professional cycling and thinking too much yeah you know so in the, in the early part of my career, it was a little bit, um, you know, counterproductive because I'd overthink things on the bike. And then also I started to really become frustrated with the situation in, in professional um, cycling, especially for women, you know, yeah. where I'd come yes. from a male-dominated degree, but it was, you know, I was treated equal um, to to my male uh, colleagues while I was studying. And so I came into, into professional cycling and I, I found it with a lot of passion and a lot of energy, but I found it really frustrating and so, um, you know, in the first couple of years, this wasn't very productive, you know, feeling frustrated by the current um, status quo in professional women's cycling. And then also, you know, thinking too much, but not really having anywhere to really expend or, or see positive impact on, on all the thinking that I was doing. Um, and I, I got a lot yeah. of resistance in the beginning from like the pro teams that I was working with where, you know, coaches or team directors would tell me that, you know, I need to stop thinking about women's cycling and how to fix things and how to change things. I've just got to think about riding my bike and, um, and, you were know, there, uh, the, the, were they male manager, managers yeah, by they, any chance? Yeah, they were all men. Yeah. <laughs> But actually it was when I joined, um, Cervelo Begler, really, with Thomas Campana, and, you know, he has a bit of a controversial um, reputation in cycling, you know, some people, you know, don't think of him very highly, but the reality is, like, he was a pivotal part of of uh, my cycling success story, um, in that he was the first um, team director or team boss who celebrated Uh, the person that I am. And that's one of the the most um, unique um, aspects of Thomas Campana is that, you know, I I genuinely think of him as a a genius. Um, You know, he's he's a super, super smart person. And the one thing that he did very differently to many other sports directors is that he really took the time to understand each individual athlete and to understand how to get the best out of them. And he very quickly realized to turn off Uh, the problem-solving, analytical, strategic part of me. So um, he accepted that and he encouraged me to channel it into the right direction. So instead of channeling it into frustration or, um, you know, into bike racing, he would encourage me to talk about, you know, women cycling and and my ideas to, to, um, you know, positively influence the industry and the sport as a whole. And so it was through many, many conversations with uh, Thomas in the car traveling between races or between Giro stages. And then together (laughs) with obviously the combination of of my husband who um, didn't manage uh, to make a success of a professional um, cycling career. You know, it's a lot more difficult uh, in in men's cycling when you come into it a bit later, you know, already 
in his 20s and that he came to Europe with very little experience. So he was also looking for for something to to do. Um, And so it was kind of the combination of everything and and the place that we lived, you know, at Girona um, is an incredible place to ride your bike. You know, of all the places I've been to in the world, I really still struggle to find a, a place quite like it in terms of, you know, just such a great a variety of roads. Uh, the, the drivers are so respectful of the cyclists. It's a great quality of life, um, just beautiful scenery. And, you know, we'd ride past all these beautiful big farmhouses and, and think or my seers and think to ourselves, hmm, maybe one day. Um, and so, yeah, it was just the right, um, right opportunity at the right time, you know, a timing thing. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, being on a team where I was really encouraged to think outside of the box. Um, and yeah, and it just all came together at the right moment. And so, yeah, I launched um, the business while I was still riding for this Velo Bigger team in, in 2018. Um, and yeah, it's, it's turned out to be a really great sort of complement uh, to my cycling. So I actually launched the business thinking that I would only really ride until the the next Olympic Games, being 2020, uh-huh. um, and then retire hmm. and, and start working in the business uh, because I thought that, you know, I, I would have to give up, you know, to be able to do everything that I want to do. Yes, but exactly. I very quickly started to realize that they were actually complementing one another because now that I have a business like Rockerhobe Cycling and has expanded to, you know, a virtual community called Rockerhobe Collective as well. Um, I'm expending that uh, thinking energy into into the right way, um, into these businesses. And that means that when I do ride my bike, I can really just be in the moment and be more instinctual and get the best out of myself um, as an athlete. It does, of course, mean I need to do good time management and I need, you know, a good team of people around me. But, yeah, it's the great combination um, at the moment. And, yeah, so my, my career has been extended because I'm able to, to do everything. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's that's something I was not expecting to hear. That uh, being a professional athlete and uh, running a business complement each other and help each other as well to kind kind of calibrate um, yourself as a person and to put the right energy into uh, being instinctive uh, as an athlete and being more methodical. Uh, uh, in the business side, that's quite it's quite a, a nice uh, calibration that kind of you have achieved there. Yeah, um, you, you touched very very well. Um, that's something that I wanted to touch as well, and we will be discussing is uh, the obstacles um, that you have faced uh, as a woman in the the sport of cycling, and you kind of highlighted that um, as a kind of a. Is that the so the, the obstacles that you've seen in women cycling? Is that something that um, obviously you, you're still advocating for women to for women to come to the sport? Uh, but is was that kind of uh, the one of the main drivers for you to to start uh, Roca Corba cycling, or was yeah. uh, was it kind of a natural process? No, so I mean the big. The big vision. So if I, if we just go back a little bit, you know, of course I come from an engineering background, uh, chemical engineering, but actually a better way to say is process engineering, uh, because you know we don't actually focus very much on the chemical reactions um, in in such detail. It's more you know bigger thinking. It's designing big processes, you know, um, from distillation to you know all sorts of minerals. and mineral extraction and all these type of things. So, I mean, I think that gives also um, good context to the the way that I think, you know, I am more of a, uh, you know, a big thinker. Um, You know, I I take a certain uh, input and I think of the desired output and I try and think, you know, how can, can we make things work in the middle to, uh, to achieve the the output that we want. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Rockerkorba was actually sort of part of a more st- sort of strategic thinking as such in that, um, you know, I also recognized not only that there were problems for women cycling, but there are problems in the cycling industry as a whole, you know, in that um, a lot of the different parts mm. of the industry actually work quite independently and, and to create sustainability for the sport, I felt like we need to bring the different parts of the industry closer together. And the different parts I'm referring to are pro cycling, um, you know, cycling tourism or cycling sort of events. Yeah. As such, and then also like the industry brands. 
Um, you know, and so right now in pro cycling, um, the brands or, or sponsors that are involved are really relying on, you know, just having visibility um, or exposure through through our kits or, or the bikes and, and products that we are riding. And we hope that they hope and we hope that that translates into sales and therefore uh, course, creates yeah. all the correct exposure that therefore, um, you know, mm. uh, motivates their continued sponsorship. But I do believe that the world is becoming a little bit more complicated and exposure is not the only way, you know, it doesn't or it's not always the best way because people are bombarded by so many adverts and so mm. many different brands, you know. So I feel nowadays sometimes one has to work a little bit harder and, and people need to have a, a, a much closer connection. Um, and that's where I thought that cycling tourism was a good sort of link between the pro side and industry yeah. brands because the people could come and experience you know the bikes for example firsthand mm -hmm. as as rental bikes but not only that it was also a way for me of um kind of growing exposure of women's cycling because i started to realize especially if we want to grow a female fan base you know that um human connection is quite important um for for women yeah. who want to um watch or follow cycling and so by people coming to uh, Rock and Corp Cycling, which is also my home, they, um, they they meet me or they see my memorabilia. Maybe I'm not always here because I'm racing, but they have some kind yeah. of connection or touch point with me and also the brands that support me as a pro cyclist. And that, um, you know, I believe um, that that has a really big, you know, conversion rate in terms of converting these people to fans or to cycling enthusiasts to be able to consume um, the pro sport and yeah I mean it's it really has been um, super super successful so far you know women's cycling has taken big steps over the course of the time that I've had rock oh, yeah. cycling yeah. so now it's 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 pretty much um, you know it's a very much a symbiotic um, relationship where you know I sometimes we are introducing new fans to cycling because people come and stay with us just by chance because they're coming to Girona and they don't really follow pro cycling and then they become fans of pro cycling because they have a yeah. uh, with a pro cyclist and then the other way as well that through now the increased exposure in women cycling that the business gets more and more exposure you know through me racing and through um you know commentators talking about um the, the other work mm -hmm. that i'm doing while i'm racing and then that um, also obviously creates the connection and of course you know we can't um, ignore that um and so it was quite strategic in choosing it as the name um of our business because it's um the our property is yeah. more or less at the base of the climb so you know it it is um positioned right at the climb but then you know rocker corbo is also a climb i use really a lot um for intervals and for training so it's really easy yeah. for me to to talk about rocker corbo um a lot you know <laughs> in interviews or with people and it's becoming more and more uh well known just around the world as as quite a challenging climb so yeah, I think, you know, there was a couple oh, yeah, of, of things to you. at play, but they've all come together yeah. quite nicely. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, creating a space for women to have, uh, not, that don't fear being judged by, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that kind of, the, the sense of creating a space that is open for women to be able to share their experiences, um, it's quite poignant right now because brands are trying to create that. Um, you you are trying to create that through Robocorba Cycling. And you also have kind of with, I, I believe it was through uh, the pandemic um, where you you also started Robocorba uh, Collective on Zwift. Mm -hmm. And this kind of, this I think is where that what you've been talking and kind of the community aspect really, uh, well, it kind of has a, a broader reach because you obviously you, one of your mottos is to to empower women to be the best version of themselves and you you are helping women do that through cycling mm -hmm. um and there's there's a there's a quote that i read in um i think is on your website or one of your interviews where a member of uh, the community the the Rocca Corba collective and uh, said to you, I believe, uh, my avatar has no shame. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of made me think because it's um, it kind of reveals so much about how sometimes the 
the space, the cycling space can be quite overwhelming, can be quite exclusive. Um, and yeah, kind of uh, this, the, the, the fact that you started the Roca Corba Collective on, uh, is becomes a kind of a safe space uh, for women to come together from all places in the world and kind of be inspired by you, by your team uh, that work together to kind of nurture this community. So, I mean, you obviously with the, the start, the starting, I, I believe is during the pandemic um, in a virtual world, but how does, how do, do the, the virtual community that you have created and nurtured um, on Zwift, um, how are, how do you think they are, you have, you are helping it change the women's uh, kind of cycling globally, like the landscape of people that have no interest in cycling, but through finding, for instance, Roca Corba Collective feel safe to enter kind of a, the sport without being judged. Yeah, that, you know, my ambition is really to, to try and put, helping mm-hmm. people be uh, very successful generally in life. I did lack uh, self-confidence um, and it was through cycling that I really grew um, in confidence. So as I grew in strength on the bike, you know, with the help of some someone who believed in me, so my husband who really believed in me and, and my talent, he helped me to keep taking those next steps and then to to grow in strength um, on the bike and then starting to achieve things on the bike, which then helped me um, to grow in self-confidence. And it's really changed the person that I am. Now I'm I'm a lot more um, I have a lot more self-conviction, you know, when it comes to my ideas or um, or the things that I want to do in the world. And so I really do want to uh, pay it forward. And I really do believe that whether you become a pro or not, cycling has the ability to really help women because self-confidence um, is often uh, the the obstacle that stands in the way you know, of women really, you know, reaching their true potential. Um, but, you know, yeah. obviously through Rock and Cycling, which just it is always important to mention that it is very much open to everyone. So uh, men and women, um, you know, casual cyclists, uh, serious cyclists, doesn't matter. It's very inclusive. Um, you know, it's a great, comfortable place to stay. You can come here and just enjoy your bike and the scenery and enjoy eating and, and uh, ride as little as much as you like. Or you can come and really train hard and uh, whatever um, whatever you desire. But Having said that, you know, um, I did have the ambition when we started Rock Corp Cycling to to see more women coming and, and staying and doing sort of uh, training camps or um, holidays, you know, where I could maybe um, influence them or, or help them or guide them or uh, ride alongside them. But I did find that um, this wasn't as successful as I hoped it to be because of what you initially mentioned, you know, women often feel quite intimidated, you know, to come somewhere and to, and to ride alongside a pro in real life um, is, is quite daunting for a lot of women. Um, And so it was really during the COVID pandemic that um, it all became clear to me how important the virtual world is in terms of growing female participation and getting more women on bikes Uh, because of that comment, exactly that, um, that I started hosting a woman's only ride for at the time I was riding on a live bike and live is obviously a female specific yeah. brand. So during the um, COVID pandemic, it was a, a natural fit to do a woman's ride um, every Monday afternoon. And the ride just started to get more and more popular. Um, a lot of women that didn't even really follow pro cycling were joining the ride. They yeah. started to get to know me. Um, it started to convert them into being more interested in pro cycling, or they were asking a lot of, of questions, which usually I wouldn't be receiving, you know, about advice on chamois and saddles and, you know, some intimate questions. And that's yeah. when, um, you know, this woman mentioned my avatar has no shame. And, and that's when it really all, you know, the penny dropped. And I realized that the virtual world is really the space um, to get more women on bikes, uh, to get them more comfortable riding their bikes and hopefully help them grow in self-confidence to be able to take those next steps to hopefully come in real life one day to rock over cycling to ride or even just to achieve more in their daily life because they've, you know, they've overcome some obstacles, they're feeling better about themselves and therefore, you know, they're more, you know, more confident uh, to to do what they what they need to do in, in real life. So, yeah, it's just been such a great um, 
mm. compliment. And I'm, I'm really grateful to the COVID pandemic because if it wasn't for that, you know, and that's how I often believe, like I really do approach life with that philosophy is that, you know, um, no matter how big a challenge and how hard, you know, the, um, some periods of time can be, it's through these periods that we really can grow as people and um, that, yeah. that, you know, we are forced to find new ways and new ideas and be innovative. So it's actually a great time, you know, for entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, now it's, it's just such a natural fit again, because um, you know, riding on Zwift, again, it's just incredible the the global reach one can have. You know, so Rocco Corbus Cycling is yeah. based, you know, just outside of Girona, you know, in Spain. But by riding on Zwift um, and in, you know, Rocco Corbus Collective Kit, you know, you can reach people uh, far and wide, you know, South America, Australia, South Africa. And it's just incredible how, you know, you can spread the word and, and chat about, you know, important things and, of course, Rocco Corpus Cycling. And, um, yeah, it's just such a great uh, journey. And I'm so grateful for it because it also, once again, complements. I was having this discussion with uh, exactly. a teammate mm -hmm. uh, recently. It complements uh, pro cycling because, you know, I was a lot of the pro cyclists, um, you know, are, are really conditioned or encouraged to really focus only on cycling don't have yeah. any distractions in your life and you know if you want to be the best you have to be super selfish you have to just think about pro cycling but then what that often translates mm. into is a lot of pressure um and then yeah. the pressure is what eventually maybe uh, prevents them from from achieving their best results and so i really do believe that by having these other interests having this community of people behind me um, also helps to relieve the pressure because whether I win a bike race or not, these people trust me, um, they they look up to me, and it's about learning to also be comfortable with sharing the highs and the lows. You know, it's not only about winning bike races. That's not necessarily what's going to inspire um, an, another woman to to achieve something in their yeah, life. Yeah, of course, no. it seems unattainable, mm. but if you're if you're approachable and you share the highs and the lows, the uh, the challenges as, as well as the triumphs, then this is the way you can really have a positive impact on the world around you. Definitely. When you create that space and you invite them in, you are allowing them to share, uh, to allow them to have the possibility not to be judged and most importantly, to ask questions and to be able to speak mm -hmm. with the other women that have experiencing are experiencing the same problems or different problems, but they can they can relate with each other. Um, so, uh, see, because you have a, a membership tier on the Roca Corba Collective, mm -hmm. do you find that uh, the the women and the men? I I, I believe it's open for women and men, but yeah. it's mostly directly that woman. Um, do you find them that they 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 the feedback you receive the that they grow with with the with each other like the by sharing their their feedback by writing together by asking questions to yourself to your team to each other yeah. is there that kind of feedback yeah so i mean we have two options there's a community tier which is totally free and um you know that's just a weekly newsletter, lots of great rides to join, some partner discounts or prizes to win. It's just a nice engaging uh, community. Uh, but then we have the training tier, which is a, a subscription model. So it's a paid tier. Um, and there we have um, a coach. So another lady, Helen, who um, prescribes a general plan to the training tier. Um, we have a coached uh, weekly workout on Zwift, which is really incredible because this is where I really do see the improvement. Uh, the members who who are able to, to join these uh, workout rides, um, it's really incredible how how much more they get out of themselves by number one joining a group of people for a workout ride and then also having Helen or myself or other collective members it is mostly um, Helen and then you know I join occasionally or um, sometimes Helen isn't available and then I'll take over the coaching but where we're actually on discord talking um, and encouraging mm -hmm. them along um, and yes we see great um, uh, in, well, growth in, in these athletes and in particular uh, the women we also have every year we have a yearly um, sort of we call it a camp but you know it's not really you know training camp is also a great time to to just uh, meet each other in person and to and have a fun time together great. but we always climb mm -hmm. Rock Corbett 
Um, and we've seen such great improvement, you know, with um, with a lot of the riders who a lot of them come back every year because it's a nice time to get together and then to see their progress every year. For example, on on Rocker Corp with the climb. Um, so yes, it, it really is a great environment. I think whenever you come together as people and um, you encourage one another, but then also there's a form of accountability. You know, if you um, if you mm, have exactly worked out right and you know you're not feeling great because you've had a hard day at work, but you know that there are other people there waiting for you um, and they expect you to be there, then that's also another way. You know, um, to help motivate um, in the low time. We also have. Um, a nutritionist who works uh, for the or within the Rocker Corba Collective. So there's always weekly tips um, on our newsletters to the training tier about you know, nutrition and how to get the best out of yourself. And then obviously the opportunity uh, to work with her one on one. But in general, it's a it's a really great uh, community. It's you know we we talk a lot about empowering women, but interestingly enough, we have more and more men um, who are joining and even couples, which is also great, you know, where you have That's a very good point, yeah. who are both mm. on the collective um, and both, you know, now we have men's teams, because that's also important to mention um, as part of the Rock Corp Collective we have uh, race teams on Zwift for the A, B, C and D categories um, and wow. now we've added an A and B men's team um, as well so yeah, it's growing um, on the men's side um, as well and it's it's really is just a great um, super encouraging community to be part of well that's remarkable that it's is growing through word of mouth through uh, you being the the face of it and along along the journey is empowering women to take take to the trainer take to the take to the sport of cycling and feel safe or feel empowered to do it um without being judged um and i'm i, I don't know exactly the numbers um but do you from the top of your head that you have an idea of kind of how big the community is well now we're at about uh, 500 or just over 500 members um so yeah we're growing hmm. steadily um and yeah yes. obviously it's always great the bigger the bigger you grow the more you can do um, but at the same time, you know, it's also important to try and hold on to that kind of personal side of yes. it as well to, to make mm. people feel that, you know, they're not just a number, but also a person that, that we know. Um, so exactly, it's always yeah. about finding that, um, that balance. But yeah, it's a really balance. Mm -hmm. yeah. That brings me on to the, the aspect of the community and um, the motto of empowering women. You, you recently started um, caustic, caustic Cycling. Cycles, is that correct? Sorry, forgive me if yeah. I pronounced it badly. So yeah, Culture Cycles um, is a, a bicycle shop um, in the Kailicha Township mm. in, in Cape Town. It's, um, it's the first of its kind operating from a, a shipping container, which has been converted into a shop. And the goal is to, um, to grow sort of the cycling culture uh, within the underprivileged or township communities in Cape Town. But uh, the owner of, or one of the owners of the shop, also had um, a huge passion for for helping to to um, yeah empower women. You know, he his story is that you know he's the only boy child, so he had sisters, um, and he just um, automatically realized how you know as a boy or as a as a male how he just happened to get much easier opportunities in life uh, because mm. that's the way that the cultures generally uh, work, especially within the African cultures. You know, the women are more mm. kind of expected that they need to stay at home, look after the kids, take care of the, the cooking and the house chores. And it's up to the man to go out into the world and to make a success of their lives. And so um, it was through this realization that, um, you know, he really felt that, you know, with his business culture cycles that he wanted to try and empower um, young girls in the township to take up riding and uh, to use it as a, a form of empowerment. And it was actually, once again, through the virtual world, through Twitter, that uh, we crossed paths because, you know, coming from South Africa, being South African and, um, you know, the growth that I made as a and the success that I've created in my professional cycling. Of course. I've always had the ambition to want to, in particular, touch 
uh, the underprivileged communities or the African communities in in South Africa, because you know I realize you know yeah. if they could just experience a, a fraction of the empowerment I have through uh, professional cycling or through my cycling career, you know how much more they could potentially achieve in in their lifetimes. And so it was through Twitter actually that um, Sins uh, or Sindile is his name. He put up something mm -hmm. about two girls he was supporting uh, to take part in an event, and he tagged me on Twitter, and that's how I I started to become aware of of the work he was doing. And this was just the perfect timing because in order for me to be able to have a positive impact on on these communities in South Africa, I needed to partner with someone who understands, you know, the challenges, the day to day life, who who, who has the relationship um, and the trust. Uh, with girls in in these communities, um, and so yeah, it was the start of of a, of a great partnership, and it, it took quite a lot of time, you know, talking and dreaming, um, and you know, eventually uh, last year after you know pitching the idea to a couple of people and and really struggling to find anyone who really understood exactly what we were trying to achieve by creating a an, a Zwift center or an indoor training and education center yeah. from a shipping container in an unprivileged community. It's quite distant for a lot of the you know big sponsors, especially in Europe, to really understand what we're trying yeah, to sure. achieve. And so we just felt like, okay, well, we just need to start somewhere. And so we started by just doing some fundraising, um, you know, through the Rock Corbett Collective Community and through the reach I have as a mm -hmm. pro. Um, and that's how it started. We fundraised to... Um, to get the money to buy uh, the girls' um, entry-level bicycles to take part in the Cape Town Cycle Tour, which is a big, as I mentioned, mass participation event. Yeah. Also special to me because it's also, also kind of the part or part of the growth of, of my pro cycling career was taking part in and then eventually racing the Cape Town Cycle Tour. And so that's where we started and we got some really good momentum and now we're just about to open um, – uh, the e-center, we managed to raise enough funding to actually create the physical, you know, structure in the form of of two shipping ah. containers, which have been, um, you know, put together, um, which will now be uh, an indoor cycling space. But also, the beauty mm -hmm. of it is, it complements indoor learning as well because you need, you know, a desk, yeah. a PC, um, you know, to exactly, be able yeah. to be on Zwift, but at the same time, with a good Wi-Fi connection and, and these um, yeah, like these pieces learn. of equipment, they can learn. So, mm. yeah, it's it's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, this is quite interesting because uh, obviously uh, your involvement, these um, well, these girls that you are in, that you are impacting their lives through raising their education, their expectations and aspirations, then you, they will have a, a greater impact on their communities. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, in those communities where uh, these girls uh, live, women generally have a great impact on the kind of the, the local economy mm -hmm. because they, well, I guess they have they they have uh, to I guess uh, raise a family, but also um, kind of be proactive at. Uh, managing the, their lives, managing work. Mm -hmm. um, so it's you. You are giving back and showing the possibilities of what is possible through, mm -hmm. the, obviously, through the power of cycling. But you are also giving the opportunities for them to get a better education, uh, network with uh, with peers. Mm -hmm. um, and I've recently read as well that um, through the work that you have been uh, kind of facilitating, promoting with um, this academy uh, that actually the, the some of the girls have already completed uh, the Cape Town um, tour. Mm -hmm. I, is that correct? Yeah. So they, they, it's going to be successful in that as well. Yeah, and now, I mean, so the girls that we are, so I'm also the type of person that really prefers to have a much bigger impact on a smaller group of people than to have a, a small impact on a, on a very big group. So obviously we have... A lot of um, great charities which are doing great work, you know, in terms of Quebecer or World Bicycle Relief, you know, where there's a lot of work to to hand over bicycles to communities or large number of bicycles to communities that they can use as a means of transport to get to school or to work or or various different activities. And, and these are, are great. Don't get me wrong. But I have chosen specifically to go into something that's a little bit more um, 
you know, intensive in terms of the impact that we have um, in the hope that, you know, at some point it's that whole like ripple effect, as you said, especially when it comes to when you touch a woman's life, you touch a village yeah. or a community's life, you know, women are, exactly, are generally yeah. tend yeah. to, to kind of spread the, the reach out um, a, a bit a bit wider than um than than men do and, and not that i'm judging it's just i suppose it's the nature of no, but it's, 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 it's exactly the nature of it exactly um and so yeah at the moment the girls that we're working with um they are the same ones who completed the cape town cycle tour last year they are still part of the program so now we're into the second year uh, working with them so now for example this year for the cape town cycle tour a lot of them have the ambition to not just to complete the event because last year we all started together in one group really at the back because they were yeah. beginners now they have, yeah. have the ambition to to uh, do the fastest time they possibly can and to be more competitive um in their respective groups and, and fields so um that's really encouraging and now the goal this year is we've identified a core group so um 10 of these girls um, who have really been showing a lot of commitment to cycling and, and to because we also have a sports psychologist that's been working with them mm. um, on on a monthly basis, um, you know, doing sessions. Um, and so now they, they were really the ones, the 10 girls that were committed to to all parts of the project. So we're going to invest um, more in them. And the idea right. this year is that um, that we are going to help them really to prepare for the Zwift Academy, you know, so to set a goal. Because um, every year, at the end of the year, there's a Zwift Academy and obviously yes. uh, the option to win a pro contract. And for sure, I think it's, it's too much to expect that any of them uh, would, you know, potentially even get um, to the finals mm. or anything like that. But there is some talent amongst these girls. And I think it is a real nice challenge, you know, to, to, um, to give them... Yeah. I mean, mm. women from all different walks of life take part in the Zwift Academy, you know, just to yes, challenge yeah. themselves and, and mm. to see uh, what they can achieve. So that's the goal uh, for the end of this year. They will all be um, taking part in uh, two Zwift interval sessions um, each week. You know, so on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's going to be interval days for the girls. Um, and this is where we hope to really measure their progress. And and then, of course, they have to do homework in, in the center before before they do Zwift. Um, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to this year and seeing the progress that these girls can make. That's that's very good. That's remarkable because you have created um, kind of a, a route uh, for young children, um, girls, in this case, mm -hmm. to have an ambition uh, to aspire. And you kind of curated the route. You have kind of there's a blueprint already to achieve um coming to to the professional level mm -hmm. so again it just goes to show the um, the work that you have been laying down into opening more avenues for for women cycling to be more diverse and more inclusive as well mm -hmm. so yeah that's um quite, it's, again shows the the drive and the ambition that you have uh in kind of small groups but also in, impacting the which which impacts as well the the wider wider sport mm -hmm. um so i mean it's i guess speaking about um kind of creating a blueprint for uh young children young girls aspiring to be an athlete what uh, what advice do you would you give to uh, to young woman aspiring to to enter the world of cycling or just to like just to try for instance there's a lot there's a lot of women uh that have not learned how to ride a bicycle um just for whatever reason it is but the the the, the, the percentages is that male men have like they have most of them learn how to ride a bicycle from a young age whereas women not so, not so much. Uh, that depends, obviously, from culture to culture. But what advice would you give uh, a young woman um, that wants to aspires to be um, to race uh, as a as a professional cyclist, or just want to as well, just trying to to ride a bike for the first time? I guess maybe they're the same. Maybe have two different sets of advice. What, what would that would what be yours? With the right people, you know, so to find yourself. Um, you know that community that that can help encourage you to take that next step to have um, the 
to to let go of the fears and just to have that um, willpower or confidence to to try, you know. Um, so that's the most important yeah. thing. I think for women, it's it's always important to have someone else, um, you know, who who might even hold their hand and go with them to the bike shop or, um, you know, hold them while they're trying to learn to ride. You, you need that person um, in your life uh, to, to help take that next step. Um, so that's the most important thing is, it, it, you know, finding that one person and then hopefully that one person becomes, you know, uh, a group of people or a community or a club or a team, you know, that you can yeah. join um, to, to help you, you know, grow as a person. That's the most important thing. And that would apply to anyone, you know, whether you have aspirations to be um, successful as a pro or whether you just want to learn to ride your bike and become fit, yeah. um, you know, that applies to both. And then I think when it comes to um, the, you know, women or young girls who have the aspiration to be pro, I think it's really important that um, that you do it for the right reasons, you know, that, that, that you have right. – passion and a love uh, for the sport because you know uh, professional cycling is is a really really tough career choice it's very rewarding um, but it is also really really challenging because you know it's one of those um, sporting disciplines which um, you know there's just so many things that are out of our control you know you we put in a lot yeah. of hard work and dedication it really does consume your life um you know because every part of your life is you know part of the process of becoming um a a good athlete you know from eating to sleeping to you know yeah. how much you're walking around you know there's so many things that influence mm. um your performance on the bike and so you know we we make a lot of sacrifices but at the end of the day when you start when the when the start gun goes and you start riding your bike there's a lot of things that are totally out of your control from you know punctures to crashes to to all sorts of tactics um, and so there is a lot of disappointment um, in in the sport um, and so it's really important to to have intrinsic motivation you know to really have that passion and, and fire inside yourself to keep you know overcoming the obstacles and to keep finding uh, the motivation to to keep going because if you're um, motivated by you know fame or popularity or material things um, then at some point you know the motivation or the fire is going to 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 run out you know so yeah. I would say it's yeah. really important to have a passion and a real love uh, for what you do yeah yeah i mean that's uh yeah that's very kind of very wise because um i mean what what you just said can apply to many things in in life can be applied to just being able to motivate yourself to start a business motivate yourself or have the mind the right mindset to um well start a podcast mm -hmm. whatever it is in your life you know you have to write have to have to have the right mindset mm -hmm. and do it for the right reasons and kind of that kind of has, involves a bit of soul searching as well yeah um um i guess these kind of um brings brings me um to well kind of this brings me to to kind of the last question um because it kind of you have touched you, you're very fluent and you are able to express yourself very well and kind of it's really insightful just to be able to hear you talk and your thought process um i, kind of, I think this kind of brings us to the end of the podcast um mm -hmm. with kind of one critical question um i mean thinking of your your position in the women's cycling sport um empowering uh young girls to and women to feel uh, more uh, to feel more welcome into the sport, but also to uh, be the best version of themselves. What uh, what like how? What question would you like to leave um, to kind of to my next next guest? Um, and it's kind of you can think of a question that involves is within the the cycling industry within the cycling space. Mm -hmm. um what kind of question would you would you leave to to a person that kind of resonates perhaps with the the work that uh, kind of your life work sure. what can we do today to make tomorrow better well that's a that is in itself a very simple question but also a very deep question so there's <laughs> 
where whoever my guest, my next guest is. Good luck. Uh, I yeah, that hear their reply. It could be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Beautiful well, I, 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 yes, I, I will have to to answer that myself as well. Um, <laughs> Well, so, I think you're already think doing the... something, right? You're recording yeah, a podcast, yeah, yeah. which is a great way of exactly, sharing, yeah. sharing information and sharing uh, yeah, exactly, people's yeah. Uh, yeah, experiences, which I think is a way of also <laughs> impacting the future positively because someone might listen to your podcast and have a great idea or, you know, uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the the, the, the whole the whole premise of my podcast is to be able to learn from people that I admire, from inspired people that I respect, and uh, learn a bit more about the philosophies, their journeys, uh, that what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. uh, and through that kind of, uh, I, I'm learning and I'm also sharing those learnings with the uh, allowing people to always share with me that that yeah. uh, learning experience. Thanks. Thanks very much, Ashley. That was a bit uh, has been brilliant to hear uh, your insights. Um, and well, I guess uh, best of luck with the, the season ahead professionally, but also with the, the work that you've been doing uh, with Casta Cycling Academy and uh, your other businesses. Thank you very Thank much, you. Pedro. It was great chatting. What an amazing conversation with Ashley Moments Pastor. Her journey as an advocate for women in sports is really a powerful narrative of resilience and empowerment. I hope you found it insightful as I did. And please tune in to the next podcast where you will find my next guest answering Ashley's question. Until then, ride to success.